0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now, onto to the show with our host, the president of Classic Automall, Stuart Howden.
0: Good morning, Steve, and good morning, listeners. Twelve people out there because it's seven degrees outside. Actually, there. Look at all the people coming in. We've got live audience. We've got a live audience here. I didn't even realize that. So, and look at all the fancy pickup trucks outside. My goodness, for all brand new pickup trucks. I need a brand new pick. Well, I have a brand new pick. It's truck winter truck driving. In. It is winter driving. It makes sense to. It's like why I don't wear my snowshoes in the in the uh, summer. So we have music. We do <laughs> after show number zero zero two zero, our twentieth show. Uh, we finally got music from the incomparable Pat Travers band, uh, who I've been listening to since the seventies saw in 1980 at the Georgia jam, uh, at, at road Atlanta, uh, with, um, uh, Molly hatchet and who else was there? I can't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to, Molly, <laughs> hatchet. <laughs> Molly hatchet Wow, gator country. That was one of their songs. So, uh, that was the song that we're, we're playing as our theme song. It's called Offbeat Ride. It was from the album from 1977, Putting, putting It Straight. But you say putting it straight. Uh, but, uh, from 1977 and I want to give a big shout out to Bruce Pilato, Pilato entertainment, uh, in working with us and getting the song and getting the availability and, 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 uh, getting the blessing of Pat Travers. He's a Canadian born guitarist. And if you've never heard him, uh, certainly check out his music. And, uh, he is really, really a fantastic guitar player and played with a lot of different people, uh, started out with, uh, uh, Ronnie Hawkins back in the day the hawk they called him a Canadian guy went on to do stuff with the band and and was on the last waltz and all that. So, if you get a chance and I and I think they're coming, uh Pat Travers and his band are coming to Sellersville, PA, March the 13th at the Sellersville Theater. And uh so if you get a chance get tickets and go see that and tell them that you heard about it on the Classic Auto Mall podcast because we're going to make people famous. <laughs> so we think anyway. Um, so one of the things we've talked about here is people who fall in love with a car, see something that they love here. How do you hold it? How do you make sure that it becomes your car? How do you make sure that, uh, that it doesn't go away while you're deciding to either get your finances in order or, uh, to have it inspected or whatever you need to do. We have a great program. You put a $500 refundable deposit down on the car, and it's completely refundable for whatever reason. If you just don't like the car the way it looks when you get here, if you don't like anything about it, it's certainly refundable. So $500 refundable deposit will hold the car for you for, in most cases, four to five days is how much we'd like to, to hold the car. Uh, not much longer than that. But at least it gives you an opportunity to, you know, Do whatever you need to do and make sure that nobody else buys a car out from under you. And that happens all the time. So I can't tell you how many times we get a deposit uh, in the morning on a car. And then a guy who we spoke to a week ago or a couple of days ago calls back and says, hey, I'm interested in want to buy that car. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It's already got a deposit on it. Now, it may or may not have sell or whatever. There's, Like I said, there's reasons that people don't buy cars. Sometimes they just can't get financing for whatever reason. Uh, In this day and age, a lot of people finance classic cars, which is so surprising because back 10, 15 years ago, you would hardly ever have anybody who would finance a classic car. Uh, But it's becoming more and more prevalent because the interest rates are reasonable. And, uh, and, and there's lenders who are, you know, understand the market. That was always the problem before. I think if you went to your local bank and said, I wanted to buy, you know, a 36 Duesenberg, they'd say, well, we don't even know what that's worth. And, you know, we can't loan you any money because if we, if, if you default, we don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, classic cars have come of age, if you will, uh, over the past, 10 or 15 years and lots of things have changed. There's, you know, insurance just for classic cars. There's financing just for classic cars, inspection companies that, uh, for just for classic cars. So there's a lot of cottage industries that go along with the classic car world that, uh, uh, are becoming more and more prevalent because, you know, we say this every show. But we talk- call it a hobby, but it 's really hard to call it a hobby when when everything that's going on and we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, a little bit later but uh some of the uh, new inventory we of course consigned a thousand fifty nine cars in two thousand and twenty one hmm. So we hope that 2022 will be close to that. I don't know how we can do many more.
1: <laughs> it's tight in here, but you, you still have room. You're opening, st- opening up a new
0: wing. Right? Yeah. Well, we're trying to, we're mm-hmm. trying to move some cars around mm-hmm. and, and, and get some uh, additional floor space in here. Of course, this time of year, usually we continue to sell, uh, you know, lots of cars, but we, we, um, we don't consign as many because if the weather turns bad, if we have a snow day or a rain day, uh, then, then we don't, we don't see as many consignments coming in. We're, we're more predicated by the weather for consignments and sales because the guy, um, uh, who's buying the car who lives in Scottsdale or, florida or wherever um he didn't care what it's doing in pennsylvania right (laughs) he cares what the weather is and sunny scottsdale is.
1: there's always covered shipping that's the beauty
0: that's absolutely true you know you've got uh there's so many ways to make sure that you don't have a uh uh, an issue in this business and we can get around a lot of things And, and the covered shipping uh is certainly important and if you're buying a high dollar car or a car with a brand new paint job or something, I would highly recommend to ship it enclosed is what we call it. Uh, and then because there is open shipping companies, you see those with the new cars running down the highway and there's 12 cars on a trailer and they look so tight that if it looks like if you hit one bump, the, the, Wheels of the mm-hmm. one above would scrape the roof of the one below, but they don't, they, they have it figured out. And, uh, but the, the enclosed are really, uh, amazing. Those trailers that have the hydraulic lifts and usually they're six car enclosed trailers, three on the bottom and three on the top. And those guys, when you haul with one of the, the preferred enclosed companies, if you will, a passport, transport, uh, reliable carriers, uh, inner city, those guys, I mean, they really, it's white glove service for your car. They really take great care of it. They put plastic over the car so the car above it doesn't leak on it. And they wear, you know, protective clothing when they get in and out of the car and they put a, you know, a, a, a mat down and something over the seat. I mean, and they know classic cars. You know, part of the problem is you may be able to find it cheaper, uh, an enclosed hauler, but cheaper isn't always better, that's especially, right. especially if the guy doesn't know how to drive a classic car mm-hmm. and they're not all easy to drive. They that's all right. have their little quirks and idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so they may not know how to start it. They may not know how to put it into gear. They may not know how to do, they may not know how to, know how to drive a manual transmission. That's right. And, uh, and so, you know, that's one of those things that that's all part of the consideration of what we do and, uh, uh, in recommending things for, Now listen, if you've got a car and it's a, you know, a a driver quality, if you will, and you live an hour from here and it's a nice sunny day, then why not? You can send it in an open trailer. It really doesn't matter, but it's certainly a benefit to sell, send it enclosed. It costs more money to go enclosed versus open. But it's something that, uh, you know, it depends on where your level of comfort is. Mm-hmm. And if you're comfortable with uh, that, then certainly, uh, you know, that's the way to go. And spend a few more dollars because it's not always about price, you know. And uh, we certainly want people to make sure that they, when their car gets to Wherever its final destination is that it's in the same condition that when it left here. <laughs> so, but some of the new consignments we've gotten in, uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, we got in a wonderful 70 El Camino hmm. SS396, uh, 450 horsepower, Muncie M24 speed. Uh, it's a frame off restoration and El Caminos with those big motors are becoming more and more and more popular and more valuable.
1: They've, they laid low for a long time. I think they're finally coming up a
0: little yep, bit. Yep. Yep. They're a, uh, you know, they're a, uh, they're uh, the cowboy Cadillac. That's and, you right. know, you can, you can use them during the week and then you can go to church and go on your d- date. Right. And it's like a car. And, and it's funny because you talk about a cult following. Mm-hmm. El Camino's really sure. have that. And, you know, they're utilitarian, but they're yet they're comfortable and ride like a car. So and it's what you know happened with uh you know kind of SUVs versus station wagons anymore people stopped driving station wagons and now they're all driving SUVs and mm-hmm. my wife lo- likes an SUV because she likes to sit up taller she likes to be above the fray yes <laughs> so she's looking down on people you put her in a <laughs> in a sports car and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know to, from a driving standpoint you get used to being
1: up high and yeah. it feels weird being
0: yeah. yeah i mean if you think back in the day when when i was growing up there was you know blazers and broncos and grand uh, Wagoneer, mm-hmm. jeeps and uh, all these ones that were kind of oddballs. They were anomalies. They weren't. Uh, they weren't something you saw every day. And of course, now pull into any parking lot, it's either pickup trucks or SUVs. I mean, there's yep. just it's w- the nature of the hobby, which makes you wonder the collectability of cars. Because, I mean, I think. Is it Ford that doesn't, do they not even make a car anymore? Yeah, that's right. They're
1: switching all the trucks,
0: trucks or SUVs mm-hmm. or yeah. some kind of van or some kind of some utilitarian platform, platform yeah. that they're going to go with. So, but, uh, but anyway, boy, I sidetracked there from an El Camino <laughs> to that. Um, we also got in a 1952 Crosley Farm O Road. Uh, this thing, it's like a, it's, it's like a big brother to a gator from before the gator oh, days. Yeah, yeah. It's very utilitarian. It's green with tan interior. This thing's a AACA national first place winner. <laughs> uh, it's got a 44 cubic inch four cylinder engine. So it's wow. fast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh a dual range transmission. So mm-hmm. hey, how cool is that? And Crosley's, you know, talk about a cult following. You know, they were small and cool and different and uh you know, it's one of those things that uh as you as you go through this hobby and you learn more and more about it, uh, you find out little, these little niche, um, brands like Crosley mm-hmm. and Crosley made the Hot Shot, which was a little small race car, which was really cool. They made little station wagons. They made all, and all very, very small cars because I think a lot of people thought that, uh, the, the European market was going to, uh, dictate what happened with all the cars and cars were smaller in Europe because the roads were narrower. And so you saw a lot of like Fiats that you wouldn't see over in the United States at that were, uh, you know, over there in Europe. And I think a lot of people thought, well, that's going to be the way of the world. And that really hasn't happened. Our roads aren't getting smaller. Uh, I don't think that uh, I've noticed that, although there are certain roads that seem pretty small <laughs> when you're driving down, For sure, them, you know, and, uh, but anyway, um, we also got in last week, a 1940 Buick, Limited, and those are really, really cool. They're very collectible. Um, They're a full CCCA Classic, which is the Classic Car Club of America's Mm Designation of full classics, and that includes Duesenberg's and and you know very high end pre war uh, cars. And I don't think there's many Buicks on that list of of those. But the Buick Limited is a really interesting car. And this one was an open checkbook restoration. I mean, it was just and it was the Buick flagship from 36 to 1940, from 1936 to 1942, and just amazing cars. And uh, you know, it's just one of those. Another oddball thing that we have, uh, here at Classic Audubon. We never know what's going to show up. That's the beauty of this business is that we talk to so many people on a regular basis who, um, you know, tell us, Hey, I'm going to bring my so-and-so car down uh, in the next couple of months or weeks or years or whenever. And, uh, and, and, and we forget about them. So <laughs> we, you know, we've talked to a guy six months ago and he tells us about something. And then he calls me yesterday and says, uh, Hey, you remember me? I'm like, no. And you have to, you know, what, what car do you have? Oh, I got a so and so 66. Okay. Now I remember you. <laughs>
1: and you know, remember
0: them by car. Yeah, exactly. Well, we talk about that in, in, in high school. I don't remember your name, but you drove the 66 Nova, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, and then the other thing we got in, or one of the other ones we've got in many, many, many cars, uh, a 65 Chevrolet Bel Air station wagon. Mm. And. Tuxedo black, which is, you know, you talk about that's, that's just a visual mm-hmm. tuxedo black. Everybody knows what tuxedo black is. And people don't always realize that there's more than one shade of black, more than one shade of white. You know, you think, Oh, there's just white and then there's black and then there's not. There's uh, multiple shades and multiple names for, for those colors as well. But this one's got a two speed power glide, which for those of you who don't know is just a two speed automatic transmission. Mm so that's all you need that's all you need <laughs> i think in right. reverse yeah in reverse you hope to have, and maybe park wouldn't be a bad idea <laughs> and neutral cuz uh some of y'all never had to push your own car then jump in and pop the clutch to start it and it shows what, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. you imagine you just lost half your half your millennial audience <laughs> they just completely why do you park on a hill facing down well because <laughs> thank god for manual trans i had a suburban one time that you had to crawl under and manipulate the flywheel with the, uh, with a screwdriver to get it to catch, to engage, to start. And that was always impressive on a date.
1: Uh-huh. You know?
0: <laughs> Let me get out, crawl into the car to make it start. So yes, that was, uh... so anyway, those are some of the new uh, inventory that uh, we've uh, gotten in. And uh, when we return, we may have a guest. We may not have a guest to, uh, who's to say, but we've got plenty to talk about and Steve and I'll continue to uh, jibber jabber about And we are back with the Classic Automall podcast live from the Classic Automall studio. Well, live is subjective. If it's if it's live when you're listening to it or you're on a podcast, you might be listening to it a year from now, so it can't hardly be live that way. But uh but here we are at some point in time in in history and time and uh we've had an amazing morning so far. The amount of people coming in. It just they just don't slow down when they come in here on Saturdays. And of course that's what happens when you don't charge admission at free admission they'll drag them all out and we've got an amazing guest today my dear friend Mr. JD Pass the owner of the uh the vault classic cars down in uh, Jackson Mississippi is that right Jackson Yes sir yes sir and uh and what why Jackson what what made you pick Jackson Mississippi was that where you were? Well or- to be honest with you
2: and you know, I had warehouses all over the country cuz I've been in the auction business all my life Right and and I just, they become storage houses. And my home was Jackson because I can't live in them high rent places like you do. I had to come down here in the sticks where we have to jump start the battery on our radio just to get the grand old Opry and save a little bit of money. And uh, it, we made it home. To be honest with you, my daughter was born here. Yep. We made Jackson, Mississippi our home. We love Mississippi and it's a great central location. Oh, yeah. We're 500 miles from Dallas, 500 miles from Atlanta. 200 miles from Memphis and 200 miles from New Orleans. So, we got a great little footprint here for our industry and our business. That, and so absolutely. That's absolutely. why we're here.
0: Well, and I love the South because they don't know what. See, I live in Pennsylvania now, and they don't understand what food is in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they have some. They told me they were making chicken and, and uh, chicken pot pie for us one time, and we were so excited, and it was chicken and dumplings. I said, Well, that ain't chicken pot pie. And they said, Well, no, that's they the,
2: <laughs> the whole – And they didn't put no salt or anything <laughs> in. They don't, it pretty not put yeah.
0: salt on it. And on New Year's, they, they eat uh, sauerkraut and hot dogs. So, whatever. You,
2: well now I ain't gonna say nothing about it. I don't my dad used to eat sauerkraut and yeah. I hated that and buy
0: any sausages
2: because we'd get out in the bass boat and we'd be fishing and my dad did all he would have is buy any sausages cures heavy and uh salty crackers and here I am seven eight nine ten years old have to eat crackers and buy any sausage because it didn't have nothing else to drink but a Coke. Yeah. I got tired of that real quick, and the same went with the sauerkraut.
0: Yeah, I hear you. You know, you mentioned Coors beer. We were talking about that the other day. That uh, Remember the days when you couldn't get Coors beer east of the Mississippi? And, boy, if you had a friend going to Colorado, you'd have him bring you a couple of cases of Coors beer. And it didn't taste good. It was just the fact that you weren't supposed to have it.
2: <laughs> no. and Yeah, that's exactly right. We used to get them still. And remember when they had to come in with that little pop top? Yeah. So you could, i guess they put that vented can in there so you could drink it
0: faster and not taste it yeah you could shotgun it and then the taste (laughs) the taste wouldn't stick with you as long but anyway so uh what's your how's how's your take on you're basically uh, the same business that we're in you're a classic car dealer um you take some consignments and own some cars as well just like we do uh how's your assessment of the market lately
2: you know i think it's uh very, I mean, if you follow the numbers and I'm not trying to get too technical here, it's Saturday morning. We're supposed to have fun, but, uh, I've been watching it and we've had a steady, you know, point to two point growth in the last four months. And then here we, bam, right out of the gate. In rodeo towns, we got to let her buck because she's just ripping it right now.
0: It's unbelievable, isn't it? I've never seen that. And of course, you know, I'm sure you watched over the past ten days, like everybody else did. Meekum, what they did down in Kissimmee was just twenty percent, two hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars. I mean, we can't call it. It's hard to call it a hobby much longer when when you've got Meekum doing two hundred seventeen million in Kissimmee and and Haggerty going public for three point two billion dollars, which shocked everybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's hard to call it a hobby anymore it's a business
2: well it is it's become. it's been a business trending that way for a long time but you and i've been in the business long enough to know that when the markets get weak and the dollar gets weak people go to looking to put their money in uh tangibles and we're dealing in rolling art that's exactly you know we're not selling mama's car that she's got to have to go to work one of my speeches every day is Nothing in my showroom is a necessity. Right. It's, you know, something that somebody has a passion for. That's exactly And right. so – uh, we've got something that is appreciating no matter where the scale is from the entry level all the way up to the Uber blue chip
0: car. Sure, and you know it's funny you say that, I don't hire car salesmen I, the guy who comes and leans up on my desk and says I can sell ice to an Eskimo is not the guy I need here, I need the guy who can educate them about what they do want I tell my guys all the time, listen if the car is not right for the buyer, don't sell it to him, if, you, if, the kid, if he's coming in here with a 16 year old kid to buy a 700 horsepower Hellcat, I'm not I don't want that, I want him to be in the right car at the right place i don't want your 16 year old daughter in a 70 volkswagen beetle because you think it's cute
2: <laughs> yeah but there's so i agree with you i went through that in the real car business sure. we sell 1300 cars a month and the pontiacs and the uh trans ams were big time and yep. we had dodge neons out there for entry level and mom and dad come in there by their daughter a dodge neon she would a fit in the showroom and they would go out there <laughs> and buy her that damn Transam and two thousand dollars a month insurance payment and I just sit there and shake my head. Yeah, These couldn't people believe it.
0: do that every day. Well, the way I got a Trans Am is that every time we went on any trip to Florida from Knoxville, Tennessee, where I'm from, is every Trans Am that we would pass on the road, I would make comment about it. And my dad finally woke me up. the day, He woke me up the day before Christmas, right after I turned 16, and he said. Go find a Trans Am and then shut up about them. <laughs> yeah, don't say another. <laughs> don't word ever, about I don't want to ever hear another word about Trans Am. So uh, that was my that was the way I, my my uh, persistence, kind of like uh, water, Jap- you know, Chinese Japanese water torture, where they just keep dripping on the forehead.
2: <laughs> well, I made I, I'm a little old to do that now, but I should have learned that a long time ago. My dad, I, I'd say the wrong word, my mom would slap me across the mouth if I didn't say yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. And I still got that feeling on my lip of that waterfall ring. So I didn't I didn't pull those stunts too you
0: much. You didn't get to do that much. You know, uh, the worst thing that I did to my dad is I was out draining the gas out of my motorcycle one time. And I had a bucket full of gas, and I was smoking a cigarette back in the days when some of us smoked. And uh, he said, be careful with that cigarette. It'll, it'll catch that bucket of gas on fire. And I said, no, Dad, the cigarette will get put out by the bucket of gas. And I dropped that cigarette in the gas bucket. Ooh. It didn't. I don't know how uh, it put it out but but, but, <laughs> but I didn't know that I just made that up so he got me back he said be careful one day he said uh, that paper will cut you and I said paper can't cut you and I took my finger right down the edge of a piece of oh paper Oh my god that hurts just hear him, that story he, he said Remember that tank of gas that you did? He says, that's your payback. <laughs> my dad wasn't into cars. He bought a Jaguar in, in uh, 1973 because he was going through a midlife crisis, but he wasn't a car guy at all. He was an architect, but, uh, well, my
2: dad was a car guy. He, one of the first, he always loved cars and pickups. You know, I come from a rodeo and cowboy background in sure. Oklahoma. I remember when I was little and what we used to polish, I had to make extra money. My aunt would pay me to, we had these big dining room tables with all these ornate legs and right. she couldn't get up there. So I had a bottle of pledge and I would clean them. She'd give me a couple of dollars, you know? <laughs> and so my dad had, we'd go to a rodeo at night and my dad, we had an old El Dorado Cadillac and a one horse inline trailer and it was all red. And I'd take that pledge and go clean it out. Right and me and my little brother would slide across the back seats on the way to the rodeo arena. And I remember coming back, and the dirt would be so stuck to all that pledge, I'd have to clean that car again. I didn't ever figure out that that pledge wasn't a thing to be cleaning that car with, but I'd make me 2 or $3 in a week, I was
0: rich. And that was a lot of money back then. Well, you know, it's funny. My One of my buddies uh... – uh, Bob Schmidt, who did all of uh, Glenn Patch's '57 Heaven collection, all that restoration of that wonderful collection of cars, mm-hmm. Bob Schmidt uses Pledge to to wipe down his cars like like you would use a, a detailer, a, a spray detailer. He uses Pledge right. and he uses it on the glass, he uses it on the chrome, he uses it on everything, and he swears by it. You know, of course, his car smells lemony, but <laughs> yeah, it does. But you know, the, the,
2: the problem I used to do that on the old bass boats when right. I was trading when I was young. You get them old faded out bass boats and that glass, that pledge would just make that thing sparkle. I like can come off the showroom floor, but, about a day later, it looks the same. You know, it, it dry off. Yeah, it doesn't. You know. It
0: doesn't. It doesn't have the staying power of carnauba wax, right? That's right. <laughs> so, so the market's good. You're selling a lot of cars. Meekum selling a lot of cars. We'll see. Barrett's coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, but the online platform is really killing it. I know that uh, what somebody said that bring a trailer did eight hundred something million,
2: eight hundred and sixty million, which outpaced all online or not online. All live auctions combined wow. by two hundred and fifty million. Wow,
0: that is crazy! And
2: of course, yeah, we use a pl- we use a platform called Sonic bitter Yeah, tell me a little is- bit about that. It's been very successful for us. Um, you know, if you're and I'm not trying to beat up any other online auction platform out there. Everybody has their own agendas and they're trying to do their own thing. But what has worked for us is there's no delay. Right. When people want to go use a bringer a Trailer or something like that they write a book for you that you can tell yourself and they want to argue over a couple of words. And so by the time you go through that process, you're anywhere from two weeks to a month before you ever get your car able to it in one car where Sonic bidder, I send a CSD pl- uh file over, right. boom, I've got a hundred cars listed. Descriptions are up in the date set and people can, bid like a sonic bidder platform right. or not sonic bitter but a bring a
0: trailer
2: bring a trailer platform but then it goes live and it so people get to get the experience of a regular type auction without sure. the delay. Sure. You know you go to an online auction, let's say RM's got a sale coming up in Arizona. Right. And if you watch their sale their auctioneer will be up there going thirty five to forty league forty one. Right. And you and I are trying to buy. Right. And that bandwidth streaming is a couple of minutes behind what's actually happening on the auction right, floor. Right,
0: right,
2: And Sonic Bidder has give that platform the speed of being able to participate in real time from the Horn of Africa, from what I can tell, all the way to Czech Republic. Right. Somebody can bid in real time. You and show, no delays. Right, I mean, right, there's right, not right. the confusion, and it really works good for us because sure. the you know a lot of stuff. You know, I deal with pre-war. Yep. Yeah, you know, I deal with the. Uh, you know, I'm not the uh, uh, Bugatti. that's some, share on. I'm a sure. Type fifty-seven Bugatti kind of guy. Sure, sure. And sure. So we do a lot of stuff overseas, and it really has worked for us.
0: Yeah, you sell a lot of cars at the Horn of Africa, huh?
2: <laughs> not at the Horn of <laughs> Africa, but I will tell you, I have shipped two over there. Have you really? Well, I yeah, Australia last week, we said Australia, we sent them to Australia, uh, Czech Republic, New Zealand, Canada, and the U
1: S
0: yeah, we, you know, we do a little segment on our show where we list everywhere we sold a car in the past couple of weeks. And it's funny, it's getting to the point where it's all over the world. I mean, and, and. What I was saying earlier in the show, you didn't hear it, but uh, we talked about, like, for consignments, this time of year is tough for us because if the weather turns, the guy doesn't want to bring his car in on consignment. But the guy buying a car is in Scottsdale, Arizona, and he doesn't give a crap what it's doing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It can be, you know, we can have a tornado or whatever. He All he cares about is the weather's nice in Scottsdale. And people always say to me, and I'm sure they say it to you, well, you can't sell a convertible in the winter and you can't sell a four-by-four truck in the, in the summer. That's not true anymore because we're a global no. market. We're a global. 24 seven. 24 seven global market. Now I do
2: want you to know in the South today, it is 23
0: degrees. <laughs> well, it's seven so. here by golly. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah,
2: but it's cold for us here. Just so yeah. you know.
0: You know, I remember the first time I was down in Florida and I was old enough to be aware of what was going on. It got down to 60 degrees and all the women had their mink coats on. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, that, that's 80 degrees here. I don't know how they <laughs> eat cuking When they walk out there, they go get a couple of drinks. I used to, when I get drunk like that and get hot, I'd have to go throw up all these women wearing their high heels and fur coats in the middle of summertime. I just shake my head.
0: Yeah. You just can't hardly believe it. Can you?
2: We had a woman in the airplane one time had a big mink coat on and she's flying in the back. And she, I said, you want, we had rough weather. And I said, you want to go low and slow, low and fast or high and slow. She said low and fast. Well, she was as blue as that. (laughs) back in your computer screen when we got home she had a big old fur coat on i looked back there and said eileen she said i'm okay but i said you might want to take that coat off she had that big fur coat on her back that plane just i thought she's gonna keep going us.
0: (laughs) i dated a one-legged girl named eileen one time did you a few years ago when we return we'll talk to our buddy jd pass about more insignificant stuff like we're doing right now we'll see you in just a minute
1: (laughs) Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor Show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor Show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor Show, only right here on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with our good friend, J.D. Pass, who's down in Jackson, Mississippi, freezing his butt off because it's 27 degrees down there. And it's 7 here in Pennsylvania. Of course, somebody said to me the other day, you know, you do live in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and they said, "Why do you end up there?" And I said, "Well, witness protection program is uh, works well in Pennsylvania." <laughs> no, it, you know, I I ended up in Pennsylvania. I, you know, I grew up in East Tennessee. I spent 20 years in Branson, Missouri. I've been a little bit of everywhere. I've had a lot of business cards, so to speak. Uh, uh, and uh, we ended up in Pennsylvania working with Grant Miller over in Lock Haven, running his sale. And great people, the Miller good family, good folks, uh, yeah, great folks. Put it on a great sale and good people. And uh, and then got a call from the guy who bought this mall. And long story short, we ended up over here close to Philadelphia in Morgantown Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere but not in the middle of nowhere in the middle of car country believe it or not Pennsylvania mm-hmm. is car country so and i know you know you're 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 right in the hub of it as well too down in the south i mean
2: yeah but we're not paying the big city rents that's yeah. the thing that helped us with just like you location location location
0: yep and the global the way that the world works nowadays is you know there's a lot of things that you couldn't afford to do back in the day you couldn't have a business like ours in a remote, semi-remote location, number one, you couldn't afford to put them on all these websites because it'd take a one person, you know, twenty days to put on, you know, load them on every site. Out if you did it manually, there is all these things that are that are going on that make this thing a global, you know, uh, a global business. And you could be anywhere; doesn't matter. you can be on a beach in Florida if you want. That's right. You know, and- I mean, it, 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 the
2: mobility. Eighty-five percent of our customers are on their telephone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. I, I get com- people call up and say, I can't see, I can't see the listing very well. or I can't see all the pictures. And what are you on? Well, I'm on my phone. And what we realized, this was a while back. We realized is that, uh, you know, just because it's good on a regular computer on a big screen doesn't mean that it's going to be good on a phone. And a lot of people are on their phone.
2: And- well, and that's the Sonic Bear. We talked about Sonic Bear before the break. And we really had to look at that because we look at those numbers. And when we're dealing with, people the last number I've seen we had 144 countries at wow. one time wow. on there and 85 percent I that just blew me away I figured 50 60 percent you know half the world because yep. we spend so much money on and time wondering what our website is I don't know if it's because me and you can't see and we need a bigger <laughs> screen or whatever it is but we worry about our website and that's exactly opposite of what you should be doing everything needs to be mobile friendly because yeah. People are on their
0: phone. Absolutely. And it's funny. You know, people are um, – they want it and they want instant gratification. I tell the guys, I said, if you're not taking your laptop home at night and on the weekends and answering emails – you're gonna call the guy Monday morning and he's already bought another car. He's already bought and closed and signed, sealed, and delivered another car. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss out on that. And so I think that um, you know, they're starting to realize that this isn't nine to five. <laughs> That's right.
2: I, I get on that phone and I'll talk I'll get a lead and I'll be sitting there watching a football game or something on Sunday afternoon, I'll call the guy. And he'll go, man, I can't believe you called me that. But like, well, I said, I got bills to pay, yeah, you know, yeah, this sell. is the way we pay on now. Yeah.
0: You call me anytime. <laughs> I don't sell cars like, and you know, it's, it, you can't go on vacation anymore. I mean, and I'm not bitching. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there is no such thing as going on off the grid. You know, I can't no. imagine going back in the old days, going on a cruise ship and being out of touch for two weeks. I'd go out of my mind.
2: Couldn't do it. Oh yeah. I got to tell you, I've been married 33 years. Congratulations. That happened to me. <laughs> I used to carry a CT three hundred one brick phone, and my phone, cell phone bill was five thousand dollars a month. And I was on it all the time. And I pulled into a guy's yard one time, and I had a pager on my hip going off, that phone ringing, and my radar detector going off. And I slammed the door and told him they could have that car and everything business. And guy just stopped driving me nuts. And so my wife and I would take off on a Northwest uh, cruise lines cruise for our honeymoon. And I'm running around there, and a guy yells at me for not using a pencil when I do my check-in slip, and I get yelled at every time I turn around on that screw, and I said, this is going to be hell for the next seven days. (laughs) And so two days later, I'm going through that withdrawal menu you're talking about, and I'm walking down the aisle, and there's a phone, you know, back when he still had pay phones hanging on the wall. And I thought, well, I'll call the office and pick up the phone and check my messages. And that woman was so nice and kind and sweet to me on that phone and it just hit me, ma'am, just how much is this phone call calling me? Cause she's the only one being nice in this whole right, trip. Right, right, And she said, uh, Ninety nine dollars for the first minute in nineteen ninety five for the, the additional minute, and I hung up that phone and I had the best four days of peace in my entire life after that. Funny and how I that never uh, that umbilical
0: cord. A, a little gut check every once in a while never hurt you, isn't that right? That's right. right. So I didn't realize this until I was reading some stuff on you this past week. I've been doing my homework on you. That oh uh, lord, yeah,
2: I, I'm on witness protection program too. Well, yeah.
0: that's why you know we're we're gonna you know darken your face out so you won't be seen. Okay. <laughs> so you worked and and did the auction in 1988 at Jimmy Lake's place over in uh, Tulsa uh, with Dean Cruz. Yeah, back, that's how I first got my start was with Mr. Jimmy Lake. Yeah, I didn't know that. I worked, you know, with Dean somewhat when eBay bought Cruise back in 1999. Uh, Dean was still around and involved, even though he'd gotten a pretty big paycheck. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. uh, he was still involved. So we, we worked together a little bit. I'll never forget when he sold to eBay. First time I saw him after that, he came walking up and he lifted up this briefcase and he says, see that? And I go, uh huh. He goes, that's Mm -hmm. eel skin. I said, uh-huh, yeah. and he said, $35,000, and I said, boy, that money ain't going to last long. <laughs> that money ain't going to last long, is it? And it didn't last very long, unfortunately. No, it's, it didn't. It's such a shame. Uh, you know, Dean was the architect of this hobby that we're in in so many ways in the auction business. And
2: As much as I negatively talk about him, mm-hmm. because I think the whole world has a story about Dean Sure, Bruce, sure. You have to give the man kudos, yep. because our industry would not be what it is today. Because me and you, all of us grew up under his umbrella. Damn, and, and everybody, Absolutely. come through that portal. In the I met my wife in nineteen eighty nine, right? Yeah. And uh, at the Country Hearth Inn, she was managing the Country Hearth Inn, yep. and so. A lot of good things come out of it for me, and so we all learned a lot of lessons, and I I tell everybody it was my quickening. Yep.
0: It was my quickening. I understand. Well, you know, when uh, I got into the business, I was running, we had uh, the Mel Tillis Theater in Branson, and Jim Cox, a guy who puts on sales in Branson, uh, had Mm -hmm. a deal with crews that they would run you know the office and the auctioneering of his event and i met all the cruise guys and the ebay guys there so you know dean cruise is, and i had always been looking for a way to get into the hobby but i didn't really know i didn't even know anything about classic car auctions at the time until all of a sudden they had one at our theater and i'm like well this looks like a good way to make a living so i sidled up to the guys from ebay and before you know it i got a job offer and was off to uh, live in auburn indiana for about two and a half years which was Good and bad. I, the problem with Auburn, Indiana, is and Fort Wayne, Indiana, is that if you pull up to a traffic light there and you look at every car that's at the, stopped at the traffic light, every person's got a frown on their face. I don't know if it's because they live in Fort Wayne or if they don't like Indiana or if they don't like me. or I didn't know what it was, but they were not happy.
2: Well, I have to say that my wife's from Huntington, Indiana, and I feel that sometimes still today. I don't know if it's in their DNA or what.
0: I think they're just mad because it does get cold up in that part of the world. I'm talking real cold. That lake, yes, that lake effect off those, uh, whatever, Lake Michigan or whatever that is coming down real, will make you cold. But I had a great learning curve at eBay Cruise back in the day. I mean, we were doing 35, 40 auctions a year. We were all over the country. You talk about learning and meeting a lot of great people. So I, my thanks to Dean Cruise for that, although, you know, there was a lot of things. He, he had a lot of P.T. Barnum in him, I guess, is a good way to put it.
2: That'd be a good way to put it. You know, and I, I was there before you, you know. I was there when we started out. I would go around Pebble Beach. We started, you know, crews had their flagship sites. Right. And they were all through Hemmings. And so we started a deal called Auburn Auctions. And it would be, you know, where the office was there on the corner. Right. You went upstairs. My office was right next door to Dean's on the other side. Right. And uh, Miss Mary is the only thing really kind of separated us. Right. But at the end of the day, I would go around the country and get the – Hot Springs, Mm Arkansas, the Rocky Santiago, Oklahoma cities, get all those geared up and they started feeding into becoming the first year they would be these feeder sales and sponsors and then we'd go into the Bigger cruise sales, and they all become crews under the platform.
0: Well, and the mothership was Auburn, and and you know Dean mm-hmm. started in the early seventies in the classic car auction business, and uh, and just made a name for himself right away. I mean, I, I you know like you talk about in in some interview that I read, you know, you went from wearing cowboy boots and and chaps to uh, tuxedos, and they boy when yes, they sir. came to town, they were all dressed up for the ball.
2: I got a call, you know, I was in the oil field. Daniel, his brother, was yep. in the oil field business, yep. and I was in the oil field auction business as well. I was an auctioneer, and we were working together, and uh, the day I graduated, I was a welder in high school and working a second job building Bay Tanks and Oilfield Storage Tanks in Ardmore, Oklahoma, for the Deer family, and the day I graduated, I used to sit inside them old tanks welding seams at 1 o'clock in the morning practicing my auction chant, you could hear it all over that air park, and them old (laughs) men come by and beat that tank with a sledgehammer telling me to shut up, and uh, so when I got laid off, I told Mr. Deer, thank you. I'll pursue my auction career. And a year later, I auctioned Deer Tank off.
0: No kidding. Wow.
2: And I met Daniel, and we started doing the oil field auctions together. And that's how I got involved with going to Auburn. Right. And so it was, you know, I get this phone call, and it says, hey, what size tuxedo you wear? (laughs) The sound. Oh, hell, I wore size twenty seven jeans that were Wranglers. I didn't know what a tuxedo was, much less a cummerbund. I couldn't even come out. I get to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I get this big old box with six tuxedos in it, and I put that stuff on, go out there and perform like the dancing monkey, and yeah, come absolutely. back, and the next thing I know, I'm cutting a deal on a napkin and moving to
0: Auburn. Yeah, and that I think a lot of people did that. Jimmy Ritchie and those guys all did it. Yeah. I got a funny Daniel and Dean story. You know, when they went to a steakhouse, they ordered. Individually ordered every steak on the menu. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they would get the filet, the sirloin, the t-bone, the ribeye, the, they'd order everything. One time I went into Dan's office and it, there was a whole, he had a whole bag of butter fingers on his desk. And about 30 minutes later, I went back and that bag was empty and his fingers were all yellowed. And I yeah. said, what happened to that bag of Butterfingers? And he said, I ate them. And I said, were you hungry? And he said, no, they just tasted really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. That's, that's right. So Daniel, and you know, that those guys, I mean, you know, but but you're right. What they did for the hobby, there's a lot of negative that's out there. We won't get into that today, but, uh,
2: you know. But I want to, you know, again, that, that shows how our business has evolved, too. We're talking about how Hemings Motor News was the Bible at the time. Sure. Of, anything to do with collective cars. Now you got so many different platforms that are out here chasing the same three and a half, four million people that are in our industry right. that you and I are having to be really laser focused on how we figure out how we're going to market some vehicles, how we're going to get our word out there in this internet, in this real time telephone we hold that gets instant gratification. It's not like the old days. The old days are kind of fun and yeah. run around and jump in a car and take a road trip and go see some deals. If you ain't there and the first man with a sharp knife and a gun to his back, you're not going to get the deal because somebody's right there behind you going to get it.
0: Well, I know that you yourself just invested in something that's a little bit form uh, uh, of transportation that'll get you places quicker, and that's this kind of stuff you got to do to be on top of this business.
2: Well, you have to, sir, and, and 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 it's not an ego thing with me. I even have a sign on my deal: they, uh, leave your egos at the door. Sure. We're on an ego, not on an ego trip. We're on a deposit trip, and you have to literally. <laughs> You know, have your tools to go to get the work done. And I and I actually call it my shovel. Right. That is what I
0: call it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go to uh, the reason people say, why do dealers go and buy at auction? Because there's a mass of cars there that they can choose from. If you had to go to every little town that these cars came from, my goodness, you'd be, you'd be, you know, you, you could never get anything done. All you'd be doing is riding around looking at cars. And half of a- Well, and, and that's a constant battle with me of cost per deal. Sure. Exactly, yeah.
2: I can I can either go to Meekon like they did this weekend and bang my head against three hundred other people that are just like me. Yep. That are I used to go to the dealer car auctions and they'd come up to me and they'd go, "Man, you bought that Toyota 4Runner cheap," and there was ten more Toyota dealers standing there with me. Yeah. And I'd pay nineteen grand for it or something back in the day, right in Detroit. I'd be standing in Detroit, and they said, uh, "You bought that thing cheap," and I'd say. How do you figure that? I'm the only dummy dumb enough to pay more than anybody else here raise at the somebody. deal. You know? Yeah, I was the dumbest <laughs> one to raise my hand. They took advantage of me. You well, know, exactly. You got the whole convenience of going to the convenience store to buy those things, and you pay fees for that. Sure. And with the market as strong as it is now, I find myself chasing the deals before they get there. Right. Then I do. Going to them to purchase them. Yeah, I hear you. Because if I can't do that, then I cannot. I mean, there's not enough spread. No. There's so much happening in our industry right now.
0: Well, we used to, you know, I remember in the old days, we used to make up the prices of what the cars were. We didn't, there was no price guides or anything. You just said, okay, I paid. 10,000 for the car. So now I got to sell it for 14,000, or that's what I got to ask okay. for it. And, uh, mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, didn't know any better. We just, that was the way it worked. And, uh, those days are gone
2: and maybe, you know, well, good, good. Ending. I don't know if they're gone. I think you still buy them for what you think they're worth because there's no really true value. No. And if you buy them for what you think they're worth, you, the whole idea is to win more than you lose. Right. But at the end of the day, I my best-selling tool right now is going up on prices. Yeah. yeah. People will watch my website, and they'll say, it's $25,000. Why did you go to thirty? Well, the market just jumped
0: 20%. Exactly. We could do this all day long, but we've got to go. And uh, it was great talking to you, J.D., and I uh, hope you all warm up down there in Mississippi. And uh, We do, too.
2: It's too damn cold.
0: And we're going to have you on again, if that's all right with you absolutely i'd love to i enjoy seeing you Stuart. yeah i do too jd and uh, we'll see you soon i'm certain you bet All
2: thank right. you Stuart. y'all have one good and tell everybody we said hello
0: i sure will take care buddy when we come All back right. we'll talk about uh, where we've been selling cars to here in classic automobile
1: hey folks this is victor with the on point with victor show make sure you listen every tuesday one to two only right here on america's web radio the on point with victor show remember folks i'm not angry i'm just right And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live, if you're listening live, from the Classic Auto Mall studio in beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania, on a cold... But sunny day, it's sunny outside.
1: It's not the wind isn't blowing. I told yeah. Ethan this feels like twenty two.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> eight eight feels like twenty two if the wind isn't blowing and, and the sun is out. I'm getting I got a southern accent all of a sudden. I'm talking to JD. <laughs> I
0: will tell you what, you talk to JD Pass and you'll Long start enough. saying uh, fixing to go do I'll something. And uh, we're me and my boys is gonna come out there and fix and do something. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's you know one of those guys that I the what I love most about doing this podcast is that I get opportunities. Like I run into JD all the time and we've known each other for years, but we really don't get to talk that much. Mm-hmm. We're at an auction. We're busy. We got a client there. We're trying to buy a car. We get a few minutes of, Hey, how you doing? How's the family? Where you been? What's going on? Hey, I got to go. You don't get that opportunity to have a long-winded conversation like we just did. And that was fun. I mean, he's the kind of guy who you could just talk to all day about car stories and funny things that have happened in the business. And, uh, it's great. That's, that's again, one of the things that I'm loving about, about doing this and uh and hopefully we can just have more fun people like him on and we'll have him on again as well too i'm certain because i'm certain he has more to say oh yeah
1: he's got stories i'm sure
0: <laughs> yes he, he hangs out with those boys from uh gas monkey oh yeah so uh apparently uh you you it's not for the faint of heart to go partying with those guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> and those and dennis all those guys can eat too well oh, oh, you yeah. talk about southern food boy yeah oh,
0: yeah. oh you grow up in the south i mean food is a Really, I mean. It's culture. It's culture. It's, it's, you know, people say, well, it's an integral part of what you do. Well, that's everywhere. You have to eat. Everybody has to right. eat. But southern food, people are just. So particular about the right kind of things. They're getting arguments over Hellman's and Duke's mayonnaise <laughs> in the South. <laughs> you know, Sorry. I mean, but anyway, I digress. Um, what a great guy. And we'll have him on again. And I hope you all enjoyed those couple of segments with uh, JD Pass from the vault classic cars out of Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we haven't talked about our friends at the Cobra experience, uh, in a while. They're giving away the, the uh, Shelby GT500. And if you go to cobraexperience.org, uh, you can click on the uh, link to, to buy some tickets to win the beautiful red shelby gt500 that they're giving away and uh, they'll be giving that away in i believe it's in july we'll have them on again and talk about it again but um, if you get the opportunity cobra uh, org, and uh, check out that gt500 beautiful car so where have we sold cars to in the past couple of weeks here i'm going to do this again this is becoming like i'm having oh, a long speed read yep. uh through this malum Pion, France. <laughs> Where are they? Englewood, Colorado. Sharpsburg, Georgia. Wikiwachi, Florida. <laughs> Moton, Pennsylvania. Voorhees, New Jersey. Las Vegas, Nevada. Birmingham, England. Charlotte, North Carolina. Bridgeton, New Jersey. Voorhees, New Jersey, again. Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Mosley, Virginia. Poolesville, Maryland. Malvern, Pennsylvania. Chicago, Illinois. Bridgeview, Illinois. Milton, Delaware. Annapolis, Maryland. Port Charlotte, Florida. Windermere, Florida. Williamstown, New Jersey. Rochester, New York. Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Finksburg, Maryland, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, Ella J, Georgia, no, no, where that is, Milford, Ohio, Leesport, Pennsylvania, Bradenton, Florida, Lenny, Pennsylvania, West Hills, California, North Hollywood, California, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Dublin, Ohio, Solomons, Maryland, Terrell, Texas, Atlantic Heights, New Jersey, Orlando, Florida, Chama, Chama, Colorado, Lehighton, Pennsylvania, and New Brandenburg, Germany. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy. That is crazy. It's, it's so fun. I really enjoy this segment because I really don't ever break it down very often and think about it until I read the list mm-hmm. and I'm going, Oh my God. Look at all these places that we're selling cars to. It's just amazing from little old Morgantown, Pennsylvania.
1: Unbelievable. West Hill. I heard West Hills in
0: there. We used to live in West Hills. Oh yeah? Yep. Yeah. I have no idea where any of these things are. People go, uh, you know where, uh, so-and-so Honeybrook is? And I go, no. And they go, what's well, 10 miles from here? What are you stupid? <laughs>
1: it's just, there's Well, just- Camp Hill got a couple cars. That's not too yeah, far from yeah.
0: here. Well, and here's the problem with Pennsylvania. Hmm. If you want to go to Lancaster to somewhere, you can't type in Lancaster as hmm. the city and state. You have to type in whatever the burg or the yeah. postal Ber, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't even know. But yep. there's different names for the same places. So it can be called one thing, and it can be called another thing, and it can be called another thing. So when I type in my partner's got a, a, a business in Oaks, mm-hmm. but it's also – uh, Audubon. Audubon mm-hmm. And it's also yep. Norristown. That's right. So it's like, well, which on the cusp one? of Phoenixville. <laughs> on the cusp. That's one of my favorite words, the cusp. <laughs> the cusp. It's just right there. It's just right on the cusp. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh one of the other things that we wanted to talk... Oh, 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 I forgot. we got to do our four on the floor. Four on the floor. We need so music, intro music. We do on need the four on the floor. Although, that. I just found out something that I'm going to disappoint you, and I meant to tell you this earlier.
1: Oh, I know Mecham, what you're
0: going to say. Mecham's got a four on the floor segment.
1: I saw that. I saw <laughs> so, that. Well so we
0: did it first. It's
1: not trademarked so.
0: <laughs> yet. And, and they use the number. We use the <laughs> word. If so. we get a cease and desist from their high-powered attorneys, then I'm going to believe you.
1: I know Katie Osborne, so
0: <laughs> we're, we're good. Oh, speaking of that. Right. We've hired a girl. We, we hope. Yep. yep. We'll a have A spokesmodel, spokes a spokesmodel person, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're, you know, we're, this is uh, an evolving, you know, moving target of what we do here. And we never know what's going to be next. And we just do our best and forget about the rest, as my partner used right. to say. Um, so two of the recent four on the floors, four on the floor is our trivia contest. We give you four clues about a specific car here at Classic Auto Mall. You got to give us the stock number, the year making model of the car. And that's the answer that we're looking for. But the last two were won by a 19 year old kid. No kidding. And I say kid. I mean, 19. That's years kid. Old That's a is kid. Still a kid, right? Oh yeah. Ethan, how old are you? 19, 20? 22. 22. All right. So, uh, see, I mean, it's a, it's a young man's world anymore. So what the heck. So anyway, so two of the last ones he won, uh, 19 year old boy, uh, who, uh, got him, you know, was right on and I missed the email and forgot to didn't email him mm-hmm. back. So I apologize for that, but he got two hats and, uh, And, and we're welcome to give him more hats. If he wants to win every week, uh, so be it. But, uh, so this week's four on the floor. This is our trivia contest. Four questions or four clues. And you got to tell us what stock number you're making model in our inventory. This car is number one. It's one of 79 produced that year. Number two. Its creator is in an automotive hall of fame, not the automotive hall of fame and automotive hall of fame. Number three, a special tail, tail T-A-I-L. And number four stands out from the herd. So the four clues, one of 79 produced that year. Its creator is in an automotive hall of fame. A special tail stands out from the herd. If you think you know the answer, podcast at classicautomall.com. You're, you're smiling. Those are good clues. (laughs) You made made them up. Of course they better be good. I I work hard on those. And,
1: uh, I I gotta make sure that car's still here. It is. It It was still in the inventory.
0: Okay, good, good. Well, that, that's, that's important because we don't want to, we don't want to lead somebody down the primrose path, as they say. So, uh, but anyway, so that's our, uh, that's our four on the floor for the week. And uh, we do need some music for that. And, uh, one of the things that we talk about from time to time is articles that I write for the AACA Speedster and for our, our uh, newsletter and for, um, Other places that they publish them. And last month's article, or this month's article, excuse me, is uh, entitled Expected Expenditures when Purchasing a Classic or Hot Rod or Collector Type Car. And I think a lot of people, um, don't think it through always. They get excited about purchasing a cool old car and they don't think about the fact that there could be additional expenses and you should kind of plan for that because Especially on the older cars, because they're cars that maybe haven't been driven a whole lot lately. They may have been in an estate, and they may have sat in the garage for a couple, three years. And although the tires look brand new uh, from an appearance standpoint, they may be 8 or 10 years old. And so you got to be careful with things like that. And there's things that can go wrong with cars. And there's things that uh, mechanical or electrical that can can go wrong. And we do our best to try to go through the cars and, and make sure that we know everything good, bad, or ugly about them but listen we've all we've talked about this before you park in your garage and and the next day you walk out there and your car won't start what changed nothing moved nothing happened you know something changed so um you know if and especially the other thing is is that if it's a, a fresh restoration which is fantastic to buy one that's recently done but it hadn't been sorted out maybe. You know, a lot of people will buy cars that have a few more miles on them because they like the ones that have been gone through, driven, uh the, you know, problems that could arise have already mm-hmm. arisen and they've been dealt with. The other thing you think about is if you if you buy a custom or a hot rod is you've got all these parts manufactured by all these different manufacturers all trying to come together in an engine or an electrical system or what other piece or part that goes with this car, and they weren't the tolerances weren't maybe quite as good if it was all manufactured to the specs of General Motors or to the specs of somebody else. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, you, you don't always think about, but all these different brands and manufacturers may or may not work well together. And so, and again, sorting things out and figuring it out as you go. Uh, the good builders will already know all the limitations that some of these parts may or may not have, and they'll have addressed them or come up with a, a solution that may not be over the counter, maybe something that, you know, you add a little something here or a little gasket here or a little piece of something here. And and so all of a sudden they know how to deal with that, but not everybody does. So, but just, you know, when you, when you buy a car and there's also, you know, you might want to customize the car a little bit. You buy a car, and you might want a different set of wheels, or you might want a different sound from the exhaust. And so, you got to always kind of be prepared that you might have a a few expenditures when you buy a car. And and you know, we it's not that we want it to be that way, and it's not that we we don't try to tell you everything that goes on with the car. But if you think about it, if a car is in an enclosed carrier, as we were talking about earlier going from here to california bouncing down the road even in the best of the carriers it's bouncing down the road in a in a manner that it hasn't done and a distance it hasn't done in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, uh, just be aware of it and it, it, it'll make the experience much more pleasurable, uh, than when you get the car and that you have some, some idea that there may be a few little things that need some attention or tweaking. So I'll get off my soapbox now and <laughs> talk about anything else that, uh, that we can talk about. We, um, you know we talked about, uh, um, you know, some of the results that have been going on. We got, uh, uh, Barrett-Jackson coming up this weekend, uh, which is another barometer of the market.
1: Yeah, and there's a uh, – just from a Turbo V6 uh, point, of uh, we got a great Grand National here oh, yeah. in stock here. I'm surprised it's not going it's yet.
0: Actually, I think we've got a deposit on I it. Think so. yeah, I think so. I think I saw a guy
1: yeah. uh, yesterday uh, actually talking about it. Yeah. Um, but there's the final production Grand National. Wow. Uh, and they're estimating between 250 and 350. We'll see where it goes.
0: How many miles does it have? Yeah, I, Do I don't remember? know. That's a yeah. good question. Because miles is king. For yep. 80s and 90s cars, mileage, low mileage is king. I mean, that's what makes it really, really, really valuable. And uh, it's funny how that works. You, you talk about value. you see what the Hirohata Mercury did? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. $2.1 million for a custom from Unbelievable. the 50s. You know, I mean – Boy, oh boy, oh boy! Just when you think you have this hobby figured out, yep, you know, you get stuff like that, or you get Haggerty with their valuation, or you get Meekum doing two hundred seventeen million dollars, or you get, you know, all these different things that are that are go on in the hobby, and and it's funny because. You don't always, you're not always aware of it because you're doing your day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. We're in business. We're thinking. Yep. We're not, you know, I'm not always watching auctions and reading results and stuff. Not as much as I used to because I got too many things going on. I got too many arms in the far, as JD would say. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but anyway, um, uh, the market is certainly changing. And even when the economy's good or bad, it doesn't really seem to affect the classic car world. It's, uh, we still do well. So, Next week, we're hoping to have some new things to announce. Uh, we'll hopefully have a good guest. I don't know who that's going to be yet, but we're working on it. And uh, we will see you all here, same bat channel, same bat time, uh, next Saturday. Thanks for listening.
1: We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, we're open 9 to noon, and we're closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at ClassicAutoMall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by CarSmarts Media, music by the Pat Travers Band.